Hello and welcome to the Real Life Real Talk podcast. I am your host, William Carr. This is part three of a new paradigm for the 21st century leader. And it is a continuation of the transformational leader, a good fit for the 21st century leader. In the last episode, I gave information that can be used as a toolkit for leaders. Let's continue with that conversation. We're going to start off with critical decision-making for the 21st century leader. Decision-making is one of the most essential skills a leader must have. M.A. Roberto, 2002, reports, most leaders stumble when it comes to social, emotional, and political dynamic of decision-making. Mistakes are made because of certain cognitive traps, regardless of our intellect or expertise in a particular field. We believe in a number of myths about how decisions are made in a group and organization. Let's discuss some of these myths. Myth number one, the chief executive decides. Strategic decision-making entails simultaneously activity by people at multiple level of the organization. We cannot look to the chief executive to understand every particular action or course. Myth number two, decisions are made in the room. Much of the real work occurs in one-to-one conversation or small group. Staff meetings is often simply to ratify decisions that have already been made. Myth number three, decisions are largely intellectual exercises. High-stake decisions are complex social, emotional, and political processes. Social processes or social pressures for our natural desire to belong affect and distort our decision-making. Emotions can either motivate or paralyze us when we make important decisions. Our political behaviors play an important role in the organization decision-making. Myth 4. Managers analyze and then decide. Strategic unfold in a non-linear fashion with solutions frequently arising before managers define problems or analyze alternatives because decision-making rarely flow in a linear sequence. Sometimes, solutions go in search of problems to solve and managers will sometimes choose a course of action and then engage their team. Caution. Do not use tools of analysis or persuasion for decision-making. Number five, manager decide then act. We often take action, make sense of the action, and then make some decisions about how we want to move forward. We can dispel these myths by using groups and teams in our decision-making process. However, there are some inherent problems and these processes as well. Three of these processes are groupthink, cognitive bias and prejudice, and framing. These processes can be used to determine how we decide to decide. One, using groupthink for solving problems. Teams do not always make better decisions than individuals. Group hold great promise because we can fool the intellect, expertise, 
and perspective of many people. Diversity holds the potential to enable better decisions than any particular individual can make. Many groups do not realize their potential. They fail to realize the synergy among their members. They make decisions that are inferior to those that the best individual within could make on their own. To understand group decision-making failures, we have to examine problems that groups encounter, such as social pressures for conformity. Number two, cognitive biases and prejudices. Cognitive biases and prejudices can affect how we solve problems. We have to understand how the mind works. We make biased judgment. We make poor decisions because of cognitive biases. We make mistakes as we match what we are seeing in patterns from our past. Human beings are systematically overconfident in our judgment. The tendency for people to escalate commitment of a course of action in which they have made is called the sunk cost effect. As an example, continually investing time and money in system that does not work. Team, group can be more effective than individuals. The conventional wisdom is groups can make better decisions than individuals because they can pool the diverse talents of a team of individuals. When people behave rationally, they make choices based on the marginal costs and benefits of their action. If people become overly committed to certain activities, the results can be quite poor. To make the group smarter than individuals, you need to have a diverse group with different disciplines, perspectives, and area of expertise. Secondly, there must be decentralizations with local and specific knowledge. Third, there should be a way to aggregate the individual judgment effectively. And fourth, there must be independence. How to combat cognitive biases in our decision-making? We need to be more aware and make others we work with aware of these biases. We need to review our work to determine if we are vulnerable to any biases. Getting immediate feedback on our decision-making is important. Having an effective group can help combat cognitive biases, and biases are common in human nature. Framing as method of solving problems. Frames are mental models we use to simplify our understanding of complex world around us to help us make sense of it. They involve our assumptions. How we frame a problem often shapes the solution at which we arrive. We have to understand how structure, system, and culture shape the decisions we make. We do not make decisions in a vacuum. Our environment shapes how we think and how we make judgment. Deciding how to decide. Many leaders fail because they think of decisions as events, not processes. Most decisions involve a series of events and interaction that unfold over time. Decisions 
involve processes that take place inside the minds of individuals within groups and across units of complex organizations. Many leaders focus on finding the right solutions to problems rather than thinking carefully about the process they should employ to make key decisions. When confronted with tough issues, we focus on the question, what decision shall I make instead of should I go about making this decision? There are four dimensions of deciding how to decide. Composition, context, communication, and control. Interpersonal communication. Interpersonal communication for the 21st century leader involves mutual influence for the purpose of managing relationships and the ability to work well in a team group based upon trust. Trust is comprised of integrity, competence, consistency, loyalty, and openness. There are three interpersonal styles. Assertiveness, self-enhancing, expressive communication that takes into account both the communicator and others' needs. Avoidance, a conscious attempt to avoid engaging with people in the dominant group. Aggressiveness, an individual's sabotages their ability to meet their needs and to establish supportive relationships by creating defensiveness and alienating others. As a leader, working with others being assertive is the better choice. Perception. M.A. Roberto, 2002, states, Perception is a cognitive activity in which we assign meaning to the things people say or do or the things we see. In a conflict, the parties usually have differing perceptions about what is going on. We need to develop two skills to help us understand the other person's perception in any conflict. Empathy and perspective taking. Empathy involves an awareness of one's own perspective and the ability to see things from the other person's point of view. Perspective taking requires adopting the other's psychological viewpoint. Listening. Listening is defined as the active process of receiving, constructing meaning from and responding to spoken and or nonverbal messages. It involves the ability to retain information as well as to react pathetically and or appreciatively to spoken and or nonverbal messages. The ability to listen helps establish how well one can communicate effectively. Communication. As a leader, you should determine your communication style and much can be done to create a supportive communication climate by not evaluating others and being controlling and manipulative. You can be empathetic, flexible, and genuine when solving problems. In conclusion, I trust you had fun with the conversation we had about the transformational leader. I shared some tools one can incorporate in their toolkit, which included thinking like an economist and how they analyze economic environments.
because we are human. I share information on how to resolve conflict. As leader, many decisions are made as we interact with groups and teams and the organization. A discussion was made on ways to make decisions that are productive and efficient. The way we communicate is important, particularly when sharing information, whether by written communication or face-to-face. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you have comments or observations about the podcast, you can send them to one real life ministries at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share it with family and friends. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, go to my website, https colon slash slash wc two two seven seven dot plotbean.com and click on the follow button. Until the next time, consider the information that was given today and see if there are any practical applications for your life. And remember to keep it real. The information provided in this podcast is the works of these authors. M. Dues, 2014, The Art of Conflict Management. Achieving Solutions for Life, Work, and Beyond. M.A. Roberto, 2002. Lessons from Everts. The Interaction of Cognitive Bias, Physiological Safety, and System Complexity. R.E. Reggio, 2009. Are You a Transformational Leader? Psychology Today. B.M. Bass and R.E. Reggio. 2008, Transformational Leadership, and D. Tapscott, 2008, Growing Up Digital, How the Next Generation is Changing Your World.